What's up, my friends? Welcome to Good Human, a show on the Cheap Seats Network where we chat about wellness, lifestyle, navigating this crazy world, and just doing our best to be a good human. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy. Hello, hello. Welcome back. Thank you for tuning in. I am very excited about today's episode. I feel like I say that at the beginning of every episode, but I really took to Instagram for this one. I put up some polls and asked you guys some questions, and I got a lot of DMs about this topic of beauty cosmetic procedures, so it seems like you guys are also very excited to get the convo going on this one. We are really getting into all of it today. What constitutes as a beauty or cosmetic procedure Why do we change our appearance? What does that do to our self-confidence? What does that mean for future generations? What have I had done? What is my experience with these things? So let's jump right in. Before we do though, I do want to say, as always, this is a judgment-free zone. You are not good or bad for modifying your appearance, and you're not good or bad for not modifying your appearance. We are simply opening up the conversation and getting into all of the details that comes with beauty cosmetic procedures. This is a safe space and everyone is welcome here. I don't know if anybody else watches Anthony Padilla's videos on YouTube. If you're not familiar with him, I would definitely go check it out. He interviews a lot of different types of people that have different experiences in life, but he always starts the episodes with these like questions that really reel you in. And I feel like I'm about to do that right now. So let me put on my Anthony Padilla voice. Is there a balance between empowering people to do whatever makes them feel good while also encouraging people to break societal standards and accept themselves as they are? And if you don't know who Anthony Padilla is, (laughs) just ignore that. But valid questions, nonetheless. Let's go ahead and kick it off with the results to the polls that I put on my Instagram story. First question I asked was, do you ever feel pressure to change your appearance? And I left it at that. Very, very open on what that means. What does changing your appearance mean and, and why would you feel pressured? Could be because of beauty standards or trends or celebrities or influencers. But 67% of you said yes and 33% said no. And I'm glad to see that 33% representing. I honestly anticipated that number being a lot lower. I certainly have gotten sucked into a comparison hole where I want to look a different way. I mean, I've thought about getting lip filler like a thousand times, probably just because it's very popular to get lip filler right now. So I don't know, maybe that's a little bit bleak, being a little bit of a negative Nancy, but I anticipated that number to be a lot lower. So that was surprising. The next question I asked was, should influencers and celebrities disclose when they've had work done? And 75% said yes, and 25% said no. But someone messaged me saying that they thought it depends, and I liked this point of view. They said if an influencer is trying to promote a product for like a lip gloss that makes your lips look plumped, but they've actually had lip filler, like that's not cool. They need to disclose that that's not the product doing the work. They've had lip filler. Here's my two cents on it. Celebrities and nowadays influencers are the ones that set the standards. And if you're made to believe that they naturally look like that, that's what leads to a ton of self-esteem issues in comparison to a body and a face that that person doesn't even naturally have. So, like, is it necessary for celebrities and influencers to keep, like, a running tally of all of the work that they've had done in order to inform their audiences? I don't know, but when you look at the Kardashians acting like they've never had work done and pretending like they haven't literally set the beauty ideals for the last almost decade is insane. 
you will most likely never look like a Kardashian because even they don't look like Kardashians. And it's just this cycle of we don't feel good about ourselves because of these beauty standards. So then we go change ourselves to fit the beauty standards and then something new comes along that we don't feel good about. So we change that, which then makes other people feel bad about themselves and want to change. Like, it just always makes me wonder if we lived in a world where cosmetic procedures didn't exist and especially these celebrities and influencers weren't the ones predominantly getting things done to them, what, what would our self-perception be like? What would our confidence be like? And I'll get into that a little bit more in a bit, but I wanted to go over to the last poll result, which surprised me the most. And that was, have you ever modified your appearance? Again, I left that very much open to interpretation. And 58% of you said yes, and 42% of you said no. So what does modifying your appearance mean then? Because no tea, no shade, no hate, but I would venture a guess that some people that voted no on that have at least had their hair dyed. Which again, not good or bad, it's just very interesting to me what we consider changing our appearance. Is that just the filler and the Botox and the surgery? Or is it dyeing your hair a different color and getting your eyebrows microbladed into a different shape, having fake nails? Someone even messaged me and mentioned braces, like, oh my god, I didn't even think about that. That's something probably a lot of us had as, like, a, a young teen or a child that probably wasn't our decision. Like, I don't ever remember being the one that's like, yes, I want braces. It was probably your parents or the person looking after you and like a doctor, like a dentist or an orthodontist. It's very interesting to think about how normalized it is to change our appearance. Even makeup, that can absolutely be used to alter your appearance. So what are the reasons that we change these things and why are some things like dyeing your hair and wearing makeup so normalized, but other things like Botox and filler are like, oh, so bad, so taboo. Do we do these things as a form of self-expression or does it stem from insecurity? Is it a little bit of both? Or does it depend what it is? Like, I'm asking the hard-hitting questions here. For me, I dye my hair. I used to religiously get lash extensions all throughout college. I've had my eyebrows microbladed and I remove hair from my body in a variety of different ways. I also wear makeup in situations. I have piercings and tattoos and nails and I've had braces and I've lost weight before. Like there's so much we do in regards to our appearances and it's so complicated as to why we do these things. I don't have tattoos and piercings because society tells me I should do that. I have them because they look cool and it's a way for me to express myself. But I do fill in my eyebrows and I did get them microbladed because society tells me that a splotchy, sparse brow isn't desirable and that a full brow is. So I absolutely think it is multi-layered and situational as to the reasons why we do these things. I do struggle with this topic though because when it comes to working out and weight loss, I am a big proponent of building confidence in ways that don't require you to necessarily change your body or have to lose weight. Because I personally used to try to change my body composition in an attempt to be happy and feel confident. And I never achieved that no matter how much I changed my body, how much weight I lost. Like, I am my happiest and most confident at my heaviest weight. So I always encourage people to consider why they want to lose weight or change their body. And so it's hard because with working out, there's a lot of reasons to do that beyond wanting to change your appearance. But most beauty procedures are literally just to change your appearance. I work out to feel strong and healthy, but I dye my hair because I think I look better with dark hair. 
And everyone has the right to do what they want with their body at the end of the day. And I don't think anyone should be shamed or judged for that. It's just very interesting to think about why we do these things to our appearance, even on a micro level, like dyeing your hair. And in regards to some of the other things that I've had done, like microblading and laser and lashes, there were some questions asked on that stuff, so I will dive a little bit more into my experience at the end of this. But I really see both sides to empowering people to make whatever choices they want, but also encouraging people that they're enough as is and they don't need to change. And it's probably so different for everyone. If the problem is, I feel bad about myself, one person's solution may be to work through those feelings and determine why they feel bad and just work on viewing themselves in a better light, while another person's solution might be to go and alter that part of them that makes them feel bad, and neither one is right or wrong, and we all probably do a little bit of both. Like, I don't love my lips, my top lip especially, I just wish it was fuller, but I don't get filler, I just kind of accept that that's my lip. But I also don't love my eyebrows. I don't love that the hair doesn't grow in certain places, and I did get them microbladed. In that situation, like, I did both. I can accept certain parts of myself while also changing other parts of myself. We can treat circumstances differently as they come. And even though I've never had lip filler, I had a lot of people in the little question box that I put up on Instagram say that they have lip filler and they absolutely love it and what it's done for their confidence. I've had people saying they're considering lip filler or Botox even. Like, we are all so different and unique and I feel like I say that in every episode because it really does relate to, like, every topic in life. We are all different. We are all out here living different lives, making different decisions that are best for us. So with that, I am going to dive into some of the submissions that you guys had in regards to this topic. Um, the first one is... The hate I got from getting plastic surgery for myself put me in therapy. I feel like that is the perfect damned if you do, damned if you don't example. We live in a world where we're judged and made fun of and picked apart. And then when we actually do something to feel good about ourselves, we get judged still. I feel like women especially fall victim to this. Like with aging, as a woman getting older apparently makes you less desirable and we're scrutinized for showing signs of aging. But then when a woman gets Botox or filler to diminish those signs of aging, she looks fake now. Like, what are you supposed to do when you literally can't win? Can women literally do anything without getting judged or shamed? I like kind of popped up on my Instagram story the other day on this topic because it's just true. Women are told what to do, say, think, wear, and we are constantly judged, shamed, ridiculed for everything that we do. And it is so exhausting. And I feel like when it comes to these beauty procedures, a lot of time that judgment and shame is coming from other women. Why is that a thing? I feel like women can get really competitive sometimes, which absolutely stems from misogyny, about things like, oh, I'm all natural, like I've never had work done. Who cares? That's such a gross mentality. And pitting women against each other in any way is not cool, not cute. I got a really great DM from someone. We had a really good conversation on this topic, so I'm actually just going to read some bits from this message. They said, I am so excited for this episode because this is a topic I've been pondering for a while. I've had such a difficult relationship with all of this because my mom used to shame my sister and I for wearing makeup, thinking it's too much for her liking. Then she ended up getting a tummy tuck. That was all fine until she started to tell me the things that I could fix about myself. And it's been super uncomfortable and upsetting. If my mom can't appreciate me for what I am, how can I expect anyone else to? How can I expect myself to? 
which I'm going to stop right there to interject with some of my thoughts, that's the kind of situation I was talking about in a previous episode where your individual insecurities do affect other people. I talked about it when it came to your body and weight loss and things like that. If you're going to sit there and say horrible things about your body, what does that say to other people if they have a body that looks just like yours? It's a really difficult, complicated topic, but the way you view yourself and the way you treat yourself, the way you speak about yourself impacts other people whether you want it to or not. And I asked on my Instagram stories if you feel like cosmetic procedures are hurting society, empowering society, or both. Um, And most of you did say both, but I think this is a great example. Like, in this situation, that individual's mother was doing something that probably makes them feel good and empowers them, but it's hurting people at the same time. Just like how celebrities and influencers sort of set that beauty standard your own family can as well. Like, those are the people that you're spending the most time around. So those people absolutely influence how you feel about yourself and the sort of beauty standards that are set. Which leads back into this DM. This person said, I'm also super interested in how this type of situation will play out with our generation and our future children. Feels like we're living in the wake of generations of deep-rooted insecurity, but I think more and more people, women especially, are doing the work to break the cycle of us feeling like we have to change and are using cosmetic and beauty things more of a form of self-expression, which makes me hopeful. Beautifully said. Why did that not sound like a real word? Beautifully? Beautifully? Hmm. Is that a word? Beautifully said. All right, moving on. Well said. (laughs) I totally agree with that. I think in a lot of different ways, our generation is doing a ton of work to unlearn things and just make life better for ourselves and for future generations. Which kind of leads to the question, is it possible to want to change these things about us without it having a negative impact on our children, for example, on other generations? Because I said before, the way we interact with beauty standards teaches the next generation how they should interact with beauty standards. So are we leading down a road where we are more empowered to make decisions about our own bodies that help us express ourselves and make us feel good? Or are we leading down a road where all of these beauty and cosmetic procedures are so common that we just simply cannot keep up with the standard? Like I said, I've personally never had like Botox or filler, but I have heard before that it gets kind of addicting. Um, I've watched some YouTube videos about women that got lip filler and you just get used to wanting more. So I guess time will tell on what the future of this stuff looks like. Um, I think things are rarely just like really good or really bad. I think most things in life fall in between, which this kind of topic will probably continue to fall somewhere in between hurting society and empowering society, but we shall see. I did get a couple questions on some stuff that I have had done so I can talk about my experience. First of which is microblading. Someone asked, is microblading worth it? Um, The quick thing I'll say about it is it is expensive and painful. (laughs) I know everyone has a different experience. It depends where you go. Um, For me, it was probably one of the most painful things I've ever done. It's literally someone like scratching your face. It's a tattoo on your face, essentially. It's not a tattoo gun. They're like scraping your skin and pushing pigment ink 
into your skin and you can hear that like scraping cutting noise and it's pretty painful. I was numbed a little bit, um, but it still hurt like a mofo. The other thing that makes it painful is that it's not a quick procedure. I'll talk about laser hair removal in a little bit because that's also pretty painful, but it's super quick compared to microblading. It took a while and I went in for my first session and then you have to go in a couple weeks later. I think it's like four to six weeks to get an initial touch up and then you're good to go. I think it's supposed to last anywhere from like a year to two years. I got it done in, I think it was like February of 2020. Yeah, it was right before the pandemic hit. Um, mine lasted probably like nine months. I started to see it really fade. Um, and now it has been like a year and a half and there's still some pigment in there. Like you can definitely see the strokes of the lines, but most of it on the arch of my brow, which is where I really needed it, has gone away now. The healing process was also a pretty big con for me if we're talking pros and cons here of microblading again everybody is probably very different but it took forever for them to heal they get pretty like crusty and gross looking um and it ended up kind of working out that we got sent home for work because of the pandemic so i didn't really have to be around anybody but had i been going into work i probably would have felt like super self-conscious they're very dark at first, and like I said, the healing process for me lasted way longer than I anticipated, like weeks before they started to look normal. However, I will say, once they healed, I was obsessed. They looked so good. The shape of the eyebrow is like exactly what I wanted, what my eyebrows I think should look like if the hair grew in the places it was supposed to. I didn't have to fill in my brows, like it just really boosted my confidence. And I would go get them done again because, like I said, it's kind of worn off now to the point where I do have to, like, fully fill in my eyebrows again. Um, but it was expensive. I want to say it was at least a couple hundred dollars. I don't remember the exact amount. Um, and I'm sure prices vary different places. But be prepared to dish out, like, upwards of $500 for this. Um, and just because of how bad it hurt and the time it took to heal, I'm hesitant to get it done again. But... If this is something that you're interested in, if you got some sparse brows like a girl over here, I would definitely look into it because like I said, I was obsessed with them. I look back at pictures of when they were microbladed and healed and they just looked so good. Another submission that I got was about lash extensions um, and this was from one of my friends and she had a very different experience with lash extensions than I did which just goes to show that everybody is so different. So she said, lash extensions are not worth it. That was it. <laughs> Period. <laughs> I loved my lash extensions. I mentioned earlier, I got them done all throughout college. I would take breaks from it now and then, but I would always go back to it because I just loved the way that they looked. But I do know that there are ups and downs to everything. Um, I know that it's annoying for some people to get lash extensions because you can't really rub your eyes. I have contacts, so I've never really been able to rub my eyes anyways. Um, you also can't really like smush your face into stuff. So if you're a stomach sleeper, that can pose some issues. Also, some places do a horrible job and mess up your lashes. So everybody is different. There are ups and downs, pros and cons to everything. I personally loved lash, ex lash extensions because I hate wearing mascara. It irritates my eyes and I'm just lazy. I don't like putting on and taking off makeup. And it made getting ready for work super, super easy. 
and I looked cute with them, okay? I did. Another downside to lash extensions is the upkeep. It's pretty similar to getting your nails done. I think I would go get my lashes filled every three weeks because what happens is you naturally lose your actual eyelashes just throughout the course of a month. And so as your natural lash falls off, the lash extension that is attached to it will fall off. So you need to get them filled. That upkeep can be annoying for some people and it's also, again, not cheap. The prices, part of the reason why I don't get them anymore I don't go anywhere anymore, so I don't really need them, um, but I kind of like to pick and choose between my beauty procedures. I've been getting my nails done recently, and so financially it just like, I can't swing getting my nails done and my lashes done and my hair done and laser hair removal, so I had to let something go. I haven't had lash extensions for a long time, but one of the other reasons why I did love them is because you can kind of customize the look. There's different length of lashes, different level of curl. You can have them look very natural or you can have them look super dramatic. You can kind of have them done in a different shape that suits your eye. So I just thought they looked so, so pretty. Some common questions that I've gotten before or I see with lash extensions are, do they hurt? No, definitely not. If they're hurting you in some way, then like something isn't right. Um, it took me a couple tries to find a place that I actually really liked that I thought did a good job which kind of leads to the next question. Does it damage your lashes, your real lashes underneath? Um, and the answer should be no. If the people doing your lashes are doing them right, and if you are taking care of them properly, then your actual natural lashes underneath should not be damaged. Moving into the next thing that I have some experience with that I can talk about. Um, someone said that they want to do waxing more because of the convenience factor, less because of appearance. So I have done both waxing and laser hair removal. So I used to get Brazilian waxes and at the time I thought it was like pretty painful. Not super painful, but like obviously it hurts. You're getting the hair ripped out of your body. Um, but now that I've done laser hair removal, waxing is not that bad. It truly only hurts for like a few seconds after they've ripped the wax off. After that, the pain kind of goes away. Um, it also was very quick. If you're getting a larger area done, it's going to take longer, but I would go to European Wax Center. It does continue to be red and hurt a little bit for like the day after. You're not supposed to like sweat, exercise, have stuff like rubbing up against it for a day after you get it done. So you do have to keep that in mind. Um, and then the other thing is you have to continue to let that hair grow out again for the next time you get waxed. Every time a wax appointment comes around, the hair has to be long enough. The good thing is though, the more you get waxed, the thinner the hair starts to grow back and the less hair that starts to grow back. I do have thick, dark body hair. And even after just a couple sessions of waxing, I was like shocked at how thin and sparse and slowly it would grow back. So you get to the point where it's not as painful and not as cumbersome to have to like let all that hair grow back because it truly slows down the process of the hair growth. Two main reasons why I stopped doing that. The first one is that it gets a little bit difficult sometimes to time it correctly. Say you have a vacation, but it doesn't fall at the right time where the hair is long enough to get waxed again, then you're kind of like out of luck. And that was happening to me. I had these vacations scheduled like in the middle of my waxing appointments. You really have to like think about things ahead of time and plan out your waxing schedule. And it just was like, very cumbersome. 
and the price as well. Like I said, these kinds of things are not cheap. I think I was going every, I don't remember, it was a while ago, but I'm gonna say four to six weeks I would get waxed. And I remember with tip, it was like 60 some dollars. And I was like, am I really gonna do this for the rest of my life? Like, pay 60 some bucks to get the hair ripped out of me once a month for the rest of my life? And if you're wondering, like, Abby, why don't you just shave? I can't, okay? I don't know what it is about the way my skin is, the way my hair grows. Like, there is nothing I can do when shaving to not get razor bumps, not get irritation, and not have the hair grow back in four hours. Like, I'm not even exaggerating. I will shave parts of my body and the hair will be grown back by the end of the night. And when it came to, like, my bikini line... That was very irritating on vacations in the summertime wearing bikinis like it just was painful and so that's why I started to do waxing to try to alleviate that which leads back into that original comment that I got which is want to do waxing more because of convenience and I absolutely agree with that. So the deal with waxing is you can throw your razor away like when you are getting waxed you do not shave it because waxing pulls the whole entire like hair out of the follicle whereas shaving is only getting the hair off from above the skin like you're not getting down into that follicle so you cannot shave it all in the process of waxing so it makes it super nice super easy you don't have to do anything but you are letting all of that hair grow back out every month to be able to get it ripped out again and i also do want to mention that body hair is such a personal choice the reasons for wanting to remove it or keep it are completely up to you. Like, there are certain parts of my body where I completely shave it off or wax or laser or whatever, and certain parts of my body where I don't really care as much and it just it is what it is and I'll get to it when I get to it. And that is everybody's personal choice. That's another thing that I think women get shamed for is having body hair, which is so silly because it is absolutely natural. So keep your hair if you want to keep it or remove it if you want to remove it. For me, like I said, that bikini line area was something that I was self-conscious of and shaving it would get painful, so that's why I started waxing. And then I stopped the waxing thing because it got kind of annoying having to schedule it out and of course the cost, which is when I started looking into laser. Why did I say laser like that? That's when I started looking into laser. <laughs> Do you ever just like say things and you're like, oh, that didn't sound like me. Why did I say that like that? Anyways, I started laser hair removal on the area I was getting waxed in October of last year. And the place that I go, yes, I'm still going. Like I said, I'm a hairy girl. <laughs> I never anticipated it taking this long, which I will get into. But the place that I go, she just charges you once and will do as many sessions as it takes until the hair is gone, which is fantastic because like I said, I didn't anticipate a year later I would still be going to laser appointments and that would have gotten really expensive, but it was a one-time charge, it was 400 and some dollars, and now she will continue to zip zap me until the hair is gone, which it is almost gone. It is so interesting to watch the hair just like stop growing back. So what I think happens, don't quote me on this, but the laser like zaps the follicle, follicle at like the root of it so the hair just like stops being able to grow back. Um, it was kind of similar to waxing at first where it got a bit lighter and a bit more sparse and it grew back slowly, but it's gotten to the point now where there are spots that just like literally don't grow hair back and it's super smooth. 
And so now we're just kind of working on the last few areas that are still growing a little bit of hair. And the difference between waxing and laser with shaving is you shave the day before you go in for laser and you're able to shave as much as you want between appointments, which has been nice in those situations where I couldn't get rid of the hair when I was getting waxed because I had to let it grow out. You don't have to do that with laser. Shave as much as you want. Shave before you go. And then you get zipped and you come back in like, I think six weeks between my appointments and you keep going until the hair stops growing back. Now let's talk pain because I did mention that it hurts. The first day I went, my first appointment wasn't that bad. And then every appointment since then, I felt like I was going to die. <laughs> it's extremely, extremely quick, which is the good thing. I think my appointment literally lasts two minutes from the time I walk in the room and start to take my clothes off to the time I'm like walking out the door. It is extremely fast, but it hurts. The other nice thing about laser is that I don't really notice residual pain. With waxing, I mentioned that it would still hurt for like a day after and there were restrictions on what you could and couldn't do. I don't get that with laser. There's no residual pain. It hurts while you're there and that's about it. And I even asked her after my first appointment, like, oh, when can I work out again? She was like, you could go work out right now if you wanted to. So that is another pro to laser. I'll explain what it feels like, but I do know that every place is a little bit different. I anticipated something much different than to what it actually feels like. If you've ever seen videos of laser tattoo removal, where it's like a continuous, like, and it drags across your body, that's not what she does on me. It is a machine that has what I can describe as a little like suction thing at the end of it and she will place it on your skin. It will sort of suction your skin and then you will feel a sharp hot pain which is the laser and then she'll lift it up and move to the next section of skin. Like I said, it's not fun. It hurts but it's very quick and I am so pleased with the results that I've gotten from it. If you are in the market for laser and you live in the Pittsburgh area, I am going to tell you where I go because I highly recommend it. Um, it is Veritas, I believe is how it's pronounced, Medispa. It's in the Neville Island area and the woman that runs the place, her name is Delisha and she rocks. Her prices are some of the best that I've seen. She, like I said, will charge you once and then continue to do sessions with you until it's done. She is super sweet, super professional, and I highly recommend you end up going there you can let her know that i sent you over i highly recommend i know a lot of other people in the pittsburgh area have gone to her for laser as well and had fantastic experiences that wraps up the questions on things that i have experience with that i could share about um, but i will share one more submission that i got which is i feel pressure from trends like big lips are in but what happens when they're not in anymore yes that is such a great question like what's a trend and what is actually helping us be more confident. And again, I say that with like body compositions, beauty trends are always changing and you simply cannot keep up with it. You can't get your body to look like everyone else's every time a trend comes along. Just 10 years ago, I was made to feel like I was disgusting if I didn't have a thigh gap. And now I haven't heard the word thigh gap in years because everybody wants to be thick. Like it's always changing. And so it makes you wonder when it comes to some of the cosmetic procedures that are done, what's a trend and what actually is helping us feel good long-term? And I also did just want to say that you are not at fault for being influenced to change your appearance when we live in a world that constantly tells us that we're not enough. 
basically so that they can make money off of us like we all fall victim to it and you're not bad for altering your appearance and you're also not going to get some gold medal for never altering your appearance so at the end of the day my opinion on this whole topic probably falls somewhere in the middle of i really really want people to feel confident in their own skin regardless of what society tells them they should look like but people also absolutely have a right to their own bodies and can do whatever is going to make them happy. Really think about it and think about why you want to do something and if it truly is what you want and what's going to make you happy. And if that means getting work done, go for it. Or if that means embracing what you have, that's amazing too. That is where we will wrap up today's episode. Thank you so much for answering the polls that I put up and submitting some of your questions or experiences or thoughts on this topic. Um, This one was really interesting for me to think about and talk about, and I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to be kept in the loop and included on future episode topics, make sure you follow me on Instagram. Like I said, I'm putting up a lot of polls and stuff to gather your guys' opinions and ideas and questions for future episodes on future topics. So you can follow me on Instagram at Abby underscore Wellner. And as always, thank you so much for tuning in. This is my little special baby, and it means the world to me that you guys listen and enjoy the episodes. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And until next time, see ya.